Blog Talk Radio. Keen the man should be the heroes of the house. Uh-huh. The first to say, ain't no evil in my house. See, as for me and mine, we gon' serve the Lord. That's right. See, as for me and mine, we trust in his word. Faithful to our wives, and grateful for our lives. Determined though to walk this narrow road. They say, where did all the good men go? But through Jesus Christ is how a good man grows. Hey, Monica, you're beautiful and just the way you are. You're more beautiful when you don't know you are How you wake up in the morning with no makeup on your face And you push me off the bed with both your legs cause you need space <laughs> Hogging all the covers when we cuddle up Everybody like when mama wanna cuddle up Everybody snuggle up, kids all in the bed with us Then why they act like they don't got their own Hope they don't think it's gonna be like it when they bust a grown But these are little things that make our house a happy home And these are little things that really make our family strong You should see the way they smile when they know daddy home Forgive me for the times I didn't treat you right Forgive me for the times I didn't lead you right There were times we almost gave up on our marriage Too scared to share what we felt Cause we felt like we'd be embarrassed I stand before you with the open flaws only Christ can fix these broken walls Bridges I burned that I thought I'd never walk across But God restored it all, I found forgiveness at the cross Kingdom men should be the heroes of the house The first to say there ain't no evil in my house See, yes for me and mine, we gon' serve the Lord uh-huh. Yes for me and mine, we trust in His word They faithful to our wives, they grateful for our lives Determined though to walk this narrow road They say where did all the good man go? But through Jesus Christ, how a good man grows Hey, turn from my wickedness and Jesus heal my sickness Ever since that day I've been put on the devil's hit list And sometimes ministry can turn into a mistress I don't want my children growing to be misfits Never forget what wifey told me when it all began Why don't you pray with me the same way that you pray with them Why won't you say to me the same thing that you say to them Hey man, it hurt me just to see my family pain again I don't want to see her leave, I'm still learning how to leave uh, I hit my knees and in the seat for what we need She ain't asking for no money, she just asking for my time She married me as a hubby, to them I'm just brother Brian She cried with me when my brother got killed she was with me when I couldn't pay bills, for real You deserve to be included in everything that I do I couldn't enjoy it if I didn't have you And that's the truth You deserve to be included in everything that I do And I don't want it if I couldn't have you Hey, kingdom men should be the heroes of the house The first to say there ain't no evil in my house See, yes for me and mine, we gon' serve the Lord Uh-huh, yes for me and mine, we trust in His word they say where did all the good man go? But through Jesus Christ, how a good man grow, you know. Praise God. You're listening to Reaching Out Radio International, and this is the broadcast in the Word with Sister Pearl. God bless you real good to all of our listening audience in all of these continents around the world. We're in at least about 75 nations, and we are so grateful to be in your homes, riding with you in your cars, or wherever you happen to be listening to Reaching Out Radio International tonight. We just want to bless you in the name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus. And just want to welcome you to this program. We pray 
that as you listen, that you will be greatly blessed, encouraged, uh, motivated, inspired, challenged, and just eager to appropriate, to uh, put into place some of the godly principles that you're going to be learning within the next hour. God bless you, too. This is my custom to always bless um, the woman who is the leader of this uh, ministry, Evangelist Montel Fields. I bless you, woman of God, and your family. Thank God for you, and thank God for what he is doing in and through you, for giving me this opportunity to be a part. I'm so excited to be a part of Reaching Out Radio International. So tonight we're going to go straight into part three. We've been talking about God's kingdom for the past two Sunday nights, and uh, tonight we're going to go into part three. It's going to be very interesting, talking about God's kingdom, men and women. You heard the song that was played at the very beginning of this um, broadcast, and um, I don't know really how much we're going to get into specifically talking about husbands and wives tonight. But I want to start out about talking about kingdom men and women, whether you be married or whether you be single or whether you be widowed um, or whatever your uh, marital status is. We want to talk specifically about men and women within God's kingdom because men and women make up the kingdom of God. Amen? So we're going to, um, we're going to go straight there now, but let's just pray. Invite the Holy Spirit to come and illuminate our minds, open up our hearts, uh, open up our understandings that we might be able to perceive in the most magnificent name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come humbly to you. And we come in confidence because you invited us to come boldly before your throne and ask what we will. And if we pray according to your will, that you will hear us and you will answer us. And what I'm praying for tonight is that you will be with us in the next hour. That you would lead us, guide us, uh, lead me especially as I'm breaking the, the bread of life for the men, the women, the brothers and sisters, the aunties, the uncles, the cousins, the sons, the daughters, the husbands, the wives that are listening today, the children, this word down so that we might be able to understand it and not only understand it, but that we would be able to live it out. We want to apply the word of God when we understand what you're saying to us. And we do want to be kingdom people. We want to be men and women of God, functioning, operating, moving within the kingdom and according to your ordinances, your principles, your design, your will, your way. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in this next hour, lead and guide. Let me not say anything contrary to what is your will and what is your word, and let me say everything that you would have me to say, Lord God, and bring the people to a greater understanding of who you are and who you want to be in their lives. We come against all distraction. We come against every hindrance that would block the people from hearing the word of God. Let the word of God 
flow freely in Jesus' name. Be glorified, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. What an exciting time that you and I are living in. This is a great time to represent God's kingdom. And even the song that you heard, talking about a godly man living with a godly woman. And like I said, this does not pertain to only married people. Because sometimes you're single and you're very godly. I'm single and I'm desiring to live a godly life for Christ. But the darkest things become in this world that you and I are living in, just be reminded that the brighter the light of Jesus within his sons and his daughters will be shining. And now that we're in the 21st century, the world is quickly reverting to the days of mankind as defined in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. And if you don't know about that, let me just tell you quickly what took place in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to read directly from it. Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city, the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Now, people in those, and I read to you, I'm going to say it again, I read to you Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. People in those earlier days, they wanted to be like God. People today, specifically some within the high-tech and biological world, they too desire to do better than, than what God created in mankind. They wish to recreate, and they're calling it transhumanism. According to Max Moore in 1990, he said, transhumanism is a class of philosophies of life that seek the continuation and the exploration of the evolution of intelligent life beyond its currently human form and human limitations by means of science and technology guided by life-promoting principles and values. Did you hear what Sister Pearl just read? That there are worlds that are trying to do better than God. Let me just say emphatically, nobody can even do as God did. We cannot recreate life. 
we might try to do something. We might try to take something from the life God has already created and then try to do something to twist and contort that. But you and I, whether we're the smartest scientist, the greatest biologist, the greatest tech person in the world, we cannot create life the way that God has created life. There's no way. We cannot start from from nothing and then create life. We're always going to have to pull something from what God has already created. Then, like I said, try to, you know, interfere with that. So this is where we are today in 2022, March the 27th. This is where we are. That instead of them trying to build now a high tower that will go to the skies and to the heavens and to the clouds, now what mankind is trying to do is trying to mess with humanity the way that God created us originally, and they're trying to see if they can do better than God. And I repeat, I remind you, there is no way that you and I can do better than God. We can't even do as God has done because we're not God. Only God is God. Then we've got a new other thing that people like Mark Zuckerberg, I think many of you might be familiar with that name. He's the founder of Facebook. Now he's calling his his platform Meta. We have the Metaverse now. The term Metaverse is a combination of the words Meta and universe, meta and universe. It is used primarily to refer to an anticipated, listen to this, future iteration of the internet that's often hailed as Web 3.0. This evolution of the internet is expected to see the rise online 3D or virtually integrated environments that provide users access to virtual reality and augmented reality experiences. What am I saying? Well, what, let's look at the word meta. What does the word meta mean? The definition of meta is a person or a thing that is more than usual or that goes above and beyond. Hear me now. So what Mark Zuckerberg and his friends are doing they want to go to some place that is more than usual, and they want to go what is above and beyond. So basically, what Mark Zuckerberg and his colleagues are promoting is for mankind to live in an altered reality. And if you have access to YouTube, I would invite you to go to YouTube when you have the opportunity and look up this YouTube video. It's called Everything Facebook Revealed About the Metaverse in 11 Minutes. Again, the name of that YouTube is Everything Facebook Revealed About the Metaverse in 11 Minutes. And why is Sister Pearl saying all of this? I want you to know what's going on in the world that we live in because tonight I'm talking about God's kingdom. And I want you to see how very different Some people want to take us away from God's kingdom, want to take us further and further and further away from the kingdom of God, 
and they're trying to build their own ungodly kingdoms. Now, listen to what Mark Zuckerberg says in that video. I'm only going to give you a phrase. He said about the metaverse, it's where you can build worlds and jump into them with people. Have you ever heard anything as ludicrous as that? He wants you and I to build worlds. First of all, the only one who created the world is God. You and I cannot create worlds. But anyway, uh, he wants to build worlds and jump into them with people. Now, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum states, you will own nothing and be happy about it. So in other words, instead of owning real tangible property and real estate, they want to sell to you digital real estate. They want you to put on special goggles. I don't know the name of it right now. Special goggles so that you can spend hours and hours instead of really living your life with these goggles on and now you're going to live all kinds of a visual, visual, digital reality, which is not reality. It's fake. Klaus Schwab, founder of World Economic Forum, and the CEO of it, he also said the pandemic, he's talking about COVID now, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. That was from Klaus Schwab, the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. So what am I saying this? And why am I bringing all of this into this message? Because the world is trying to build a different kingdom. They want you to start going after a false reality. They want you to get to the place where they can lead you into an alternate reality, a digital reality. It's not real. It's not buying real land, moving into a real house, trying to limit you to a small space that they will deem appropriate for you and for me, God forbid, and they, like Klaus Schwab said, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Now, this is not the kingdom of God. What they were trying to build in Genesis 11 was not the kingdom of God either. They were trying to build their own kingdom. And now, fast forward, we're in the 21st century, 2022, and you've got people like Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Klaus Schwab. They want to put us into a whole new reimagined world. Not the world that God created, but one that they want us to be in, which is a false, alternate reality. It's not real. It's not real. So now let us focus and return to what Christ taught 
his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your, meaning about God, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this is the heart's cry and desire of every true and faithful son, daughter, follower of God, that we fulfill the will of the Heavenly Father first and foremost. What the world is in great need of right now is for God's people to conduct business, his business, as he desires us to and operate within his kingdom standards and principles. I'm going to read to you a very key verse out of the book of Philippians in the New Testament. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15. So that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God, above reproach, in the midst, or smack in the middle, of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. I'm going to read that again. I think that is such a great verse. God wants us to be different from everybody else if we are a part of his kingdom. I'm going to read it. So that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God, above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. In other words, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. Let us look at some Bible scriptures to prove this very important kingdom principle. Because remember tonight, we're talking about God's kingdom, men and women. So this is a message for those people, be we men or women, we are to be kingdom people. And so we hear from Romans chapter 12, verse 2, when the Apostle Paul tells the church in Rome, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, and acceptable and perfect. That's a command. That's not an option. We're told very clearly that we are not formed in this present world, but that we must be transformed, changed. How? By the renewal of our minds. That by testing, we would discern what is the will of God? That's the key question most people ask me as a servant of God, as, pe- as a person who ministers to other people. Sister Pearl, how do I know what the will of God is? Well, the answer to that comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 1, which is the, the verse right above this one. 
when Paul was was writing, I, I, I beg you, I urge you, I, I implore you, I, I plead with you to present your bodies as a, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is just your reasonable service to God. Present your bodies, not just your minds, but everything that God's given you. Present them to God. Do not present them to the world. So we can't be doing everything that the world is doing. Business like the world conducts business. Jesus answered in John chapter 18, verse 36. He said, my kingdom, and we said this in a previous broadcast in this subject about God's kingdom, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not, and I repeat, not from the world. John 18.36. Another wonderful scripture is from the same writer, but now he is much older, the Isle of Patmos, and he's writing not in the Gospel of John, but in the Epistle, near the end of the New Testament. First John, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And he says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. You see, when we heard that song at the very beginning, and the man was talking about, you know, he's a godly man, he has a godly wife, the only way that he can function as a real godly husband and be faithful to his godly wife is that he must apply what the Apostle John is telling us in 1 John 2, 15 and 17. He cannot be loving the world or the things of the world. The godly wife cannot be loving the world or the things of the world. The godly husband cannot try to you know, look at the women of the world and then try to get his wife to emulate and to be like, look like what the worldly women look like. And the women, the godly women, should not expect their husbands to look like and act like and smell like and talk like and walk like the men of the world. To be a distinction between the people of the world and the people of, 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 of the way, meaning of following Jesus. I'm going to read, continue to read First John 2, 15 to 17. I just wanted to put that in there. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, now listen to this, the love of the Father is not in him. I repeat. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and pride in possessions, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So in other words, 
the people of the world, a great majority of them, they love porn. And, and even sometimes the husbands and the wives, they'll be watching pornography and bringing that into their marriage. But this is not for kingdom men and kingdom women. The marriage bed for the followers of Christ is sacred, it's honorable, it's holy, it's been sanctified, it's set apart. How can godly men and women, godly husbands and wives, even some people who are not married, but they're in a relationship with one another, and they're sitting down and filling their stomachs, I should say. I'm putting it mildly. I'm putting it nicely. They're filling their minds with filth. I repeat, First John 2, 15 to 17, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, pride in possessions, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Well, that lady, she, her husband got her that pocketbook, so now I want my husband to get me this pocketbook. Or uh, they went on that vacation, and now we've got to go on a similar vacation. Or they've got that house, so now we need a bigger house, or at least one as big as theirs. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. First John two, fifteen through seventeen. Then the apostle James puts it like this in James chapter four, verse four. You adulterous people. In other words, that means you people that pollute the things that pertain to the people of God and the kingdom of God. You adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity? Enmity. Enmity means the state or feeling of being actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. So in other words, to adulterous people, do you not know that the friendship with the world is hostile, actively opposed to God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Wow. I wish some preachers that are in our city could reread these verses. James 4.4. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. And whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself or herself an enemy of God. Now, I'm not talking normal living. I'm talking about 
kingdom living. I'm talking about God's kingdom, men and women. So recently, in the very city where I'm broadcasting from, we have had several pastors who claim to be Christian. I'm, I'm trying to give you examples. You're not, you might not be living in America. You might not be living in North America or even South America. You might be living in Europe or in, in, in Africa or Asia or, you know, Australia, Oceania. But what I'm going to share with you now can very much be happening where you live, especially in Western-type cultures. Happens in, in, in some of the Eastern ones, too, believe me. So unfortunately, compromise is found in every nation among a lot of people who claim to be Christians, not just in the free world, but primarily in the Western free world. So I'm going to tell you something that happened in the city where I'm broadcasting from. We've had several pastors, listen to me carefully, who claim to be Christian spiritual leaders in our city. They stand in open opposition now to biblical kingdom standards and openly stand with the world, deciding with the world. These are people who claim to be pastors. These are people who claim to shepherd other people's spiritual souls. Now, one of these pastors has now openly sided with the world standard for marriage. And he recently stated that the LGBTQIA plus are entitled to marriage equality, meaning that a man should have the right to marry another man or a transgendered woman. And a woman has a right, according to this, from what he said on Facebook, a woman has a right to marry another woman, et cetera, et cetera. Then we have another pastor, not the same one, another leading pastor for the city's faith-based initiative. He proclaimed openly and boldly that it is his job to see that the churches cooperate and carry out the local government's wishes in their congregations. Have you ever heard of such a thing? I've never heard of such a thing. I've never heard that pastors and leaders are supposed to align themselves with ungodly government statues, And regulations. I never heard of that in my life. I heard the apostles say from the Bible, we rather serve God than man. That's what I heard. But this man who has now been given a position as the head over the city's faith-based initiative, he, he feels that his job now is to see that all the churches in our city fall in line with the government. Now, what does our government teach? Well, the government that I am currently living in the city of, they teach that abortion should be on demand. 
that babies can be terminated, they can be, you know, their lives can end through any time in the nine months that they're in their mom's wombs. At, at any time that not only medical doctors, but even, you know, other medical personnel, whether it's a, you know, it's a nurse or CNA or somebody else that happens to be working at a hospital, that anybody now can can perform an abortion. Really? That's what my government says. So how can a, a godly, biblically-based pastor go along with that? My government is also teaching now that young little children from pre-K on up, so we're talking about age three on up, should be taught the ability to have another agenda, different from what, you know, they were born with and how God created them. That's what the, the Department of Education in my city is teaching now, little children. So is the church supposed to go along with that? Are men and women in the kingdom of God supposed to go along with that? More recently, another previously very well-respected pastor, he held a meeting. He invited many of his Christian pastors, colleagues, and hosted the most abortion-minded governor the nation has ever had. This pastor was so excited, he was photographed smiling broadly with this politician. Now, this is the very same governor who pushed hard for several years until he got his way and got both into law the most egregious bill where a baby developing in the mother's womb can be slaughtered through all nine months of gestation. And even if the mother decides the same day that that child is to be born, in this state of New York, that baby life can be snuffed. Same governor then spent millions of dollars in taxpayer dollars to celebrate the legal demise of innocent babies by lighting up the World Trade Center and three other state landmarks. Now, for me personally, having spent well over a decade up close with some of these leaders of the persecuted church overseas, I cannot justify nor rationalize total and open disregard and utter disrespect for God's clear standards and principles. My brothers and sisters in closed nations, meaning that the gospel cannot be preached openly in those nations, can never, how can I put these leaders in the same position? When my leader friends in these countries that are closed to the gospel, they're sacrificing their lives. They're going to jail. They're being beat. Some of them lose their lives, lose the life of, of, of one of their family members just for the simple fact that they're living for God and they're living after godly kingdom principles. How can I put that Christianity and, and put it next to the type that says 
we will do whatever the government tells us, even if the government tells us to do something that's diametrically opposed to God's will and to God's desire. But we're going to do it to please the government here. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because we're talking tonight about God's kingdom men and women. God's kingdom men and women will not be interested in trying to emulate and imitate the world. Men and women are not in love with the world and the ways of the world and the ideologies and the philosophies and the mindset and the perspective of the world. That's not for God's children. God's children are interested in what is God's perspective in a matter. What does God say in a situation? A great example of men living godly in an ungodly world is Daniel in the Old Testament. And also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, I could give you so many examples. But I can only give you a few in the remaining 18 minutes that we have together. Daniel 6, wicked politicians spoke to the king's heir, King Darius, and he asked him to sign on to an evil plan that would demand that no one pray to any other than King Darius himself for the next 30 days. Or they would be apprehended and thrown into the lion's den. Daniel, of course, as a man who loved, honored, and revered God, would not be able to pray to any other except the only true and living God. Of course, Daniel was not going to bow down and start praying to a mere mortal man, King Darius. Of course not. It was a step. But if you know the story, and if you don't know the story, I challenge you to go to Daniel chapter 6 in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 6. And you'll read that exciting story. Oh, my goodness. Maybe one day I'll just talk to you about that. Tremendous, tremendous story. Now, in the end, God protected Daniel from being eaten by the lions, but he was thrown in. He did not bow down and pray to King Darius. Of course not. My question is, why are people bowing down today? Let me show you something. Even though we don't have King Darius, today, and we might not have a king, per se, that's in charge of our nation. I know some nations still do have a monarchy or a monarchical system. We don't, and most nations do not. Some do. But, you know, even in the ones that still have a monarchy, they're not bowing down and praying to them. Now, by us subjecting ourselves to do whatever an ungodly government tells us to do, that's the same thing like bowing down and worshiping them, honestly. Same, same thing. 
in Daniel chapter 3, Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, young men, that story is told right there in Daniel 3. There are always people, wicked, wicked individuals, who satanically are motivated to try their level best to assassinate the character of those who are truly righteous, godly, and sincere. Of course, just as Daniel had his enemy, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had their enemies. These these the wicked people that were put in position, they saw how godly these three young men were. Just as in Daniel chapter six, the the the, the politicians of those days, they saw how wonderful and godly Daniel was. And so they tried their best to trip him up. That's what evil people do. They try their best to trip you up. Now just that it happened in ancient times, it's happening this very hour. But I want to encourage you to stand strong and know that God will always fight on the behalf of those who seek to honor him and to do the right. I don't have the time tonight to talk about all the people within both the Old and the New Testament who live according to kingdom principles. I mentioned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and sure enough, God delivered them. God delivered them. They too, like Daniel. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Well, these three were thrown into a burning, hot, fiery furnace. God delivered them and took them out. And, and the Bible says they didn't even have a, a smell of, 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 of fire or, or heat on them. Can you imagine? That's God. God protects those that want to do right. I don't have all the time to get into everything, but I do want to say something that I find quite interesting, and a lot of times people don't look at this particular portion of Scripture like this, but it's from Luke chapter 20, Luke chapter 2, Luke 2, verses 25 to 38. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. See, now that's what an example of a godly kingdom man looks like, like Simeon. He was righteous, had a right-standing relationship with God, and he was devout. He was committed. He was dedicated to the things of God, not the things of this world. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. You and I that are kingdom men and women, we need to be moved by the Spirit of God to go a certain place, to move a certain place, to take a plane, to take a bus, to take a train. We need to be moved by the Spirit of God wherever we're going in these end days. And if we're not moved by the Spirit of God, if we're not led by the Spirit of God, then I would say don't go. Don't leave your house. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the Lord required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them. They're talking about Joseph and Mary, and they're talking about the baby Jesus. 
Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Verse 36, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow, a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Why did I bring up Simeon and then the prophetess Anna? Because they were people that were kingdom-minded. They lived to honor God. Their decisions, they operated, they conducted business to honor God, not to honor the world or the world system or the world setups. And I want to bring to you a final uh, example of a godly couple in God. Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila were mentioned by name at least six times in the New Testament, always together as a couple. When you are married, and this is why you should pray earnestly before you just hop into a marriage. A lot of times you think you know that individual and you really don't know them. You don't know them. You need to be led by the Spirit of God. Fast and pray and ask God to lead you to the partner, the husband, the wife he has for you. Don't just hop into a relationship because you want to live as a kingdom person and you want to be connected and you want to be um, a partner and partner with someone who also has that same desire. They want to please God. Now, this couple, this godly couple, they exercised leadership together among the fledgling churches and were held in high esteem. Their partnership highlights one model of ministry in the early church. It's mind-boggling to me to think that it is so clear that Priscilla in the New Testament clearly had a speaking, preaching ministry. Clearly teaching ministry. And yet you've got some people today that say, oh, no, the Bible says that women can't say anything. Just keep your mouth shut. Yes, that's in the word of God. Because those people, those women in those days were uneducated, didn't know how to read and write, weren't trained to read and write. They would be in the synagogue and calling out to their husband, who was most likely sitting on the other side, because in biblical times, in the times of Jesus, when you go into the synagogue, you did not have men and women sitting together. You had men sitting on their side and women sitting on their side. So some of these unlearned, uneducated women would be, while the word of God is taught, they'll be screaming out, hey, Harry, what does that mean? I'm just giving you an example. You know, hey, Andrew, 
What is what is what is that what is that teacher trying to say? So so that's why Paul said, look, let the women keep silent in the churches. That verse is not to mean that women cannot do anything in a church setting. God has anointed some women to teach. God has anointed some women to preach. And in this case, clearly, Priscilla had the spoken anointing. And Paul calls the two of them, not just Aquila, the husband. He calls them his co-workers, plural, in preaching the gospel. He prays their willingness to risk their necks to help him. Meaning, Priscilla and Aquila had risked their very lives to help the apostle Paul. We read that Priscilla and Aquila, they held church meetings in their home. So they, they, they were hospitable, they were godly, they were uncompromising, uh, they were working together. So they submitted to God and submitted one to another. This is true, kingdom-minded, kingdom-functioning, kingdom-operated men and women of God. Kingdom men love their wives as Christ loved the church, or they seek to be able to love in that capacity, even if they, they're not quite there, but that's their desire. And the women of God, they seek to honor their husbands. By honoring their husbands, they're honoring God because God is the one who told them to do that. So I'm just giving you just, I mean, this is such a such a, an extremely short introduction to men and women of God that were used powerfully. And they were kingdom-minded. If Aquila and his wife Priscilla were not kingdom-minded, trust me, the Apostle Paul would never be calling them his co-workers. He would never be praising their willingness to risk their necks to, to help him. It is amazing to me how many clergy wear clergy collars and have no clue as to why they're wearing collar, other than, you know, trying to look good in front of people, look pious by wearing the collar. Listen. They wore the collar. I don't mean Priscilla and Aquila. I don't believe they wore any collars in those days, in those biblical times. But they would have been willing to wear the collar because they would understand that to wear the collar meant that I'm I'm ready to risk my neck for the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many people do you think that you know that wear collars are willing to risk their necks? not only for the gospel of Jesus Christ, but to help a brother or a sister, a true brother or a sister, if needed be, if need be, if, if I were to be apprehended by the police, by the government authorities, who would stand for me? Who would be willing to risk their neck for me, to help me, maybe to hide me? 
we've got to be, as kingdom-minded people, we've got to be ready to make these kind of decisions because we are soon approaching a time when we're going to be asked to tell on one another. We're going to be asked to, to disclose information that we should not be disclosing to anybody, especially if we, we were told that in, 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 in confidentiality, in confidence, you know, please don't say anything but, and then, and then we go ahead and, and, and then say whatever we want? No. Kingdom men and women will be like Priscilla and Aquila, willing to risk their necks for the gospel. And they're willing to open up their homes so that others might be taught more accurately the word of God and follow Jesus more perfectly. So that's it for tonight on God's kingdom, men and women. Men and women are the people that God chooses to use in this world that you and I live in. He's not using artificial intelligence. He's breathing his Holy Spirit breath in me and you so that we will be his representatives on the planet. That's who kingdom men and women are. God's holy representation on the earth. And we should be conducting business every day according to God's will, not according to the will of 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 man, man that is vile, man that is wicked. All of us, our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only when God changes us and transforms us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time spent with my brothers and sisters all across the globe. Dear Lord, take this word and multiply it to them. Let it reach areas that only you know can be reached by you. God, transform lives. Let people be dedicated and make up in their hearts. God, as long as you help me, and I know you'll help me, I want to live as a kingdom man. I want to live as a kingdom woman. I don't want to live like the world. I don't want to smell like the world. I don't want to walk like the world, talk like the world, think like the world. I want idolize the world. I want to love you. First and foremost, I pray that each person listening will be able to make this kind of a commitment to you, Father, as I desire to do the same. God, bless them and continue to make them a blessing. Watch all over them. Help them to be true kingdom men and women in this great season just before your return. I entrust each one to your hands. Until next time, in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and heaven shine upon you. Until next time, this is your Sister Pearl. In the word with Sister Pearl, reaching out Radio International. God bless you. We love you so much. But God loves you even more.